I'm Gary Chevalier, Connections Pastor at Parkway Fellowship's West Park location. I pray today you're uplifted and encouraged by the truth of God's Word that you're about to hear and apply it to your daily life. If you have any questions, feel free to email me at connections at parkwayfellowship.com. All right, good morning, my friends. Uh, Welcome on this first Sunday back after spring break. Now that you got back in the groove of everything, and so it's exciting that you're here today. It is a really awesome day. I mean, it was wonderful to stand in worship uh, together and sing those songs, and we have baptism today, which is super awesome. Um, Actually, earlier today, we got to watch a dad get baptized and then turn around and baptize his son. What a super powerful moment that was. It was great, and so we'll get to enjoy uh, watching some more people this afternoon, or this at the end of the message, um, committing their lives and showing that they have committed their lives to follow Christ. So that's going to be super cool. And then we're also starting a brand new series today called Don't Forget, and it's always fun to start a new series. I love doing stuff like that, and so I have the joy of introducing that, and when we think about the little phrase, don't forget, we, we see it in Scripture a lot where God says, remember this, or don't forget that. And it's like God is taking just a quick moment to point out the really important stuff and say, hey, hey don't forget. Don't forget this. And so one of the best ways for people actually to remember things is through pictures and through images. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great way that our brains connect with the sights and the sounds and the feel of things. And so many years ago, my wife um, spent a lot of time and a crud ton of money scrapbooking our photographs of our little girls when they were younger. Like creative memories and Hobby Lobby were her jam. And I remember like, hey, honey, where are you going? Oh, I'm going off to Hobby Lobby. I'm like, great. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, it's a scrapbooking weekend with the girls. I'm like, yay. And so I gave her a lot of grief over stuff like that. But I'm here to tell you, I've had to eat a lot of crow uh, since then. Because now when we open up the closet and we pull out one of those 37,000 scrapbooks. And we open it up and we start to look through those pictures. And we're like, oh, look how cute they were. Oh, I remember that. That was, you know, and I just, I love it now. And she's all like, "Mm mm-hmm, you used to tease me. I shouldn't even let you look at those. But scrapbooking, man, those, those puddles, we, the, the things that we do like that, the pictures that help us remind us and remember of those thoughts and feelings, I mean, that's what we do. We connect with images. And now we don't even have to print out paper, right? We have this little lovely device. And with the advent of the cloud, now we can take pictures and literally store them online digitally forever, and so we've started now to take a ton of photos, and now we're, our culture has conditioned us to photo document like everything. It's like, hey, look, here's me in my new car. Oh, you're so cute. You lost your first tooth. Come here, smile. You know, or, hey, look at the steak I just grilled. And you guys, you know you've done that. You've done it too. I have. We put it out there. Because we just, we do that. We love the pictures of things because of what it does and what it instills for us. And we throw it out on social media. And now, like, we don't even have to have albums and stuff anymore because we have memories that pop up through Time Hop or Facebook memories. It'll just, like, be there. You log in, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, as I was preparing for this message this last week, a couple of things popped up in my Facebook memories feed, like this one. It was a trip from Disney, like, eight years ago. 
we were there and I was taking a picture with Tinkerbell and she grabbed my phone out of my hands and started to fix her hair and then took a selfie with me. I'm like, oh, that was awesome. Forgot about that, but there it was. And then another picture from uh, a couple years ago when we went to the rodeo. And I'm so glad you can't see my face right there, but those are my legs dangling. Uh, And my daughter got me on that ride before I realized that my 40-year-old body doesn't handle those things as well as my 20-year-old body used to. That was not a good moment for me. But those things popped up on my, on my Facebook memories and I was like, oh, dude, I remember that. Yeah, and it reminded me of how much fun I had and it reminded me of those trips and I thought of all sorts of details with that and I was with my family and how much I loved my family and, and images like that, they really spark and stir memory in us. And so when we were preparing for this Don't Forget series, we were like, what would God's photo album look like? Like what images would God use to help us remember not to forget some of these super important things. And so today, as we look into don't forget that people matter, it starts with Hebrews 13, 16. It's our verse of scripture that I want to draw your attention to because it says this, don't forget to do good things for others and to share what you have with them. These are the kinds of sacrifices that please God. So now take your pen real quick, if you will, and let's, let's underline do good things. And then a few words later, underline share what you have. And then finally, circle the word sacrifice. And I'm going to drill back on that word over and over today because sacrifice is something that I really believe that you need to hear, that we need to hear, that I need to hear. Because sacrifice is hard. Honestly, it's not natural. We don't generally have a desire to take our money, to take our time, to take our energy and expend it so that someone else gets the benefit. That's not what we naturally think or feel, but that's what the Bible just told us pleases God. Those sacrifices to serve others and to share what you have with them. And so look, serving doesn't come naturally. I read some research studies this this week that said that really only one out of four people in America volunteer to serve others. That's 25%. So like in this room right now, that would be these people over here serve other people and all of you guys do not. That says a lot about our society, doesn't it? And look, I get it. It's super easy to get so involved in your own life and and doing the things that you need to do day to day to take care of business and take care of your family and try to have a good time every now and then. It's easy to get caught up on all that, but you miss out on the lives of the other people around you. And it's super easy to work hard and to spend the time at work that it takes to to do extra and to go above and beyond so that you can get the promotion or you can get the commission or whatever you're searching for. But in the process, you miss out on having time to help your neighbor down the street move. Or you're busy rushing from meeting to meeting or to job site to job site and and you miss the opportunity to stop and just put your arm around your coworker in the hallway because they just found out that their mom passed away unexpectedly. 
or you work diligently hard and you scrimp and you save to build your financial portfolio, but you work so hard at it that you miss out on opportunities to serve others through organizations like Impact Africa and Makarios and World Vision and these organizations that take kids and tell them about Jesus by meeting their basic needs of clothing and food and education. And you work so hard to build up your nest egg that you miss that opportunity. And look, if you get caught up in the you, then you're gonna miss a huge part of the plan that God has for you and for your life. Because God made you to live with other people. Like, he knew that. He designed it that way. Like, God knows that no man is an island and that it takes a village to raise a child and that if you want to go fast, go yourself, but if you want to go far, go in a group. Like, it took us time to figure that out, but God knew that from the beginning. He designed us that way. He knows that life is better when we take care of each other. God knows that we are better when we take care of each other. And that's why the writer of Hebrews put that in here where he says, don't forget that people matter. Don't forget to serve others and to share what you have with them. And so right now you might be thinking, okay, that sounds really good. You sold me. But Gary, I'm like you and I'm not really a people person and I don't know how to do the things that you just said. If that's you, then today is your lucky day. Because we're going to open up scripture and we're going to look at some ways that God talks about serving other people and sharing what we have. And we're going to talk about some things that we can put in our life every day that will help remind us that people matter. So the first thing in Hebrews 16, 13, 16 tells us is to don't forget to do good things for others. And look, if you're going to do something good for others, the first thing that I can recommend to you hands down is this. It's number one on your message notes is to pray for others diligently. Pray for others diligently. And I think God would give us a picture like this to remind us to pray, to pause, to stop doing what we're doing. We teach children to put their hands together to pray because it reminds them to cease doing the other things that they're doing so that you can stop and focus on others. James 5.16 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another, your false steps and your offenses, and pray for one another that you may be healed and restored. The heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, believer, can accomplish much when put into action and made effective by God. It is dynamic and can have tremendous power. I love how it says that the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. I mean, God can do amazing things when we pray. Things that you didn't think could happen will happen when you pray. For instance, I have a friend, his name is Mr. Paul. Uh, he's well into his 70s now, but, but back then he was in his 60s. And I remember Mr. Paul was diagnosed with ALS, uh, which is Lou Gehrig's disease, for which there is no known cure. And the doctor looked at him and told him that he had probably six months to a year uh, before his body would fail on him and he would pass away. And uh, Mr. Paul, I knew that doctor was not a Christ follower. And so he looked at him and he said, you know what? God 
is going to heal me of this so that you will know that he is God. Mr. Paul came to Wednesday night prayer. Uh, We had a prayer meeting at our church every Wednesday night. And so he showed up at Wednesday night prayer, told us the story, and we started to pray. Week after week, we were praying for Mr. Paul, praying for that doctor. Week after week, weeks turned into months, turned into one year, turned into two years, turned into five years. And Mr. Paul came one day and he said, you know what? The doctor looked at me in my appointment and he said, there is no medical explanation for this, but there is not a trace that ALS was ever in your body. Right? That, that is a miracle that the Lord did in Paul's life. And I truly believe it's because we prayed. And you know what? That doctor saw that God was God. And God will do miracles when you pray, when you lift other people up that way. And I want to encourage you, spend every day praying for someone else, praying for other people. And look, a super easy way to do that is called prayforeveryhome.org. Prayforeveryhome.org. And basically, you go to this website, and you sign up, you give them your name, your email address, and your physical address where you live. And then Pray For Every Home, every day we'll send you five names of people who live close to you. And you pray for those five people and click done. And the next day, it will send you five new people. And you pray for all those people and click done. And so on and so on until you've cycled through and you've prayed for 100 people who live close to you. And then it starts over. And you spend time praying for these 100 people. And listen, I have really enjoyed that because I've cycled through it enough times that I start to recognize the names of, of the people that I'm praying for. And I know this sounds a little creepy, but my wife and I run through our neighborhood and we can run past houses and I'll see that house and I'll pray for that person because I remember the name that goes with that house. And sometimes I don't know who it is or sometimes I remember the name and I just know they're on that street. But when you start praying for other people around you, amazing things are going to happen. I mean, can you imagine the impact on our area if all of us started praying for our neighbors and praying for the people around us and praying that God would bless them and become real in their lives? That could be incredible. And what better time to do it than right now? Because Easter is four weeks away. And so if you start laying the foundation now of inviting those people to Easter services by praying for them, What could God do if we did that? Man, let's make that a reality. Let's start praying for them. So I encourage you, sign up for prayforeveryhome.org. If you have any questions, Pastor Zinnison and some of the prayer team members will be in the lobby. There's a spot you can sign up on the computer right there in our lobby today. You can do it on your phone. You can go home. But I encourage you, sign up for Pray For Every Home. And let's watch the difference that it makes in our community. Okay, the second thing that we can do. Uh, The next picture I think in God's photo album uh, is this number two is to serve others consistently. Serve others consistently. And look, when I think of serving someone, my mind naturally drifts off to that glorious utopia of holy Christian chicken, (laughs) Chick-fil-A. When you see this smiling face walking up, you know that you are in for something good, right? You know what I'm talking about. Sir, may I refresh your beverage? Of course you can. My pleasure. Sir, can I take your trash from you? Here you go. 
my pleasure. Don't you love those words, my pleasure? Has it found its way into your vocabulary? Have you started just randomly my pleasure in people when something happens? It's super cool. I mean, I love me some Chick-fil-A and yes, they're employees. Yes, they're trained. Yes, I'm sure they've been put in a room and waterboarded with my pleasure until that's all they know how to say. <laughs> but still, isn't Chick-fil-A the gold standard for service? And yet we can be a Chick-fil-A worker for someone in our day every day. God puts people in your path that you can serve that way. And look, it could be something as simple as holding the door open for a mom who's got a car carrier and a two-year-old on her hip and has kind of got her four-year-old like a soccer ball just trying to send them the right direction, right? And all you have to do is open the door so they can walk right in. It could be that easy. Or it could take a little more effort from you. Maybe somebody left the workroom a, a, a mess. And so you show up and it's not your mess, but you clean it up for everyone else. Or, or maybe it's, it's something more along the lines of going out of your comfort zone. Like Pastor Will shared about last week, how he, he heard the Holy Spirit talk to him and he went and engaged in a conversation with a homeless man and ended up uh, inviting him to breakfast. Now that's way out of Will's comfort zone. I gotta be honest, that's way out of my comfort zone. And sometimes God will ask you to serve others by doing that. But when you do that, those small moments of, of showing care and those small moments of serving other people, uh, they demonstrate that people matter. Those actions show that people matter because they matter to God. I remember I was at a leadership workshop way back in the day. I don't, I, I don't remember when. I don't remember who was talking. I really don't even remember all of what was being said, but I remember the scripture that he used. And it was this one. It was Proverbs 3, uh, verse 27. And it says this. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. I want you to take your pen real quick and underline that last phrase. When it's in your power to help them. Because that's the one that really kicked me in the teeth in that moment. Because God is saying... If there's someone who needs help and you can help them, do it. Why would you not? When you have the ability to help someone, help them. And I remember thinking, oh man, because that, that was not my habit. But God puts people in your path every day that you can uniquely serve. And it could be what we've talked about. It could be as simple as just offering some encouragement. I mean, because really who doesn't enjoy getting an attaboy from a coworker? Or who doesn't like it when somebody walks up and says, hey, good job, dude, or dudette? I mean, don't we love that? We love to receive that. We feel positive and encouraged so we can give that out. And that really costs us nothing. But showing love to people and demonstrating that through our words and through our actions, when we do that, we are literally walking in the footsteps of Jesus because that's who Jesus was. He left heaven to come to earth to serve men. Matter of fact, Mark 10, 15 says it this way, 10, 45, sorry. Uh, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Look, and if you read through the New Testament, you're going to see time and time and time again how Jesus expended himself to serve other people. 
Like he stood in a boat for hours teaching people when he desperately needed rest. He fed thousands of people on a hillside one day when the easy thing to do would have been to send them to go get food on their own. He saved a father from a big social faux pas at his daughter's wedding by turning water into wine. He rescued a man who was possessed by demons. He healed a blind man. He brought Lazarus back to life from the dead. Over and over in scripture, you're gonna see Jesus serving other people at the expense of himself right up until the point where he sacrificed his life on the cross to die for you and for me. He made the way for us to have right standing with God. He paid the penalty for our sin. And I know it's, it's not really socially the thing to look at people and say that you sin, but guess what? You sin. I sin. We all sin. There actually is a line of right and wrong. There is an absolute right and wrong, and we all cross over to the wrong side. And there's consequences for that. But that's the good news of Jesus Christ is that his death on the cross and resurrection from the grave paid the penalty for that sin. And if you have never chosen to follow Christ, if you've never chosen to receive that forgiveness, I want to encourage you to do that today. Make today the the day you choose to follow Jesus. And look, if you're ready to do that, there's a sample prayer at the bottom of your message notes. You can pray that prayer and that will lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And look, there's nothing magical about the words. Uh, it's all a condition of your heart. See, you have to know that and admit that you sin and that you have fallen short of the, of the standard and that you have done wrong. And then you receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers. And then you choose and commit to follow him for the rest of your life. And this is not a one and done decision. It's, it's not a, I do it today. And then I don't have to think about it again. This is that every day you are committing to follow Christ. When you choose to follow Jesus, that's for the rest of your life. And so if you're ready to do that today, pray that prayer. I encourage you, enter into that life with Christ that he's designed for you and designed for me. It's not easy, but it is the best life because it's the life God planned for you. Finally, the last routine that you can really put in your life uh, is this, number three, is to give to others painfully. Give to others painfully. And when I say give, I mean money. And when I say painfully, I'm saying it should cause you some discomfort. Now, we underlined earlier in Hebrews 13 where it's 16... (laughs) Hebrews 13, 16, where it's it's said, share what you have with others. And in the original language, Bible scholars agree that that is referring to money, to the giving of alms. And in fact, the writer of Hebrews, a few verses earlier, says this in verse 5. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because here's the deal, when you love money, it changes the way you act. It leads you in all of your decision-making processes when you love money. And those 
those processes generally end in a benefit for you. Like you hoard it so that you can have more of it. Or you spend it on yourself to make you happy. Or you spend it on things so that you can try to make others jealous. Or perhaps you use money to manipulate other people to get the things that you want. And sometimes loving money even leads you to compromise your morals to the point that you will lie or steal or cheat or fudge a little just so you can get more of it. But when you use money the way God has intended, when you see it that way, it takes on a whole new life. Because see, loving money generally benefits you. Giving money generally benefits others. And when you prioritize giving in your life, then you start to see money differently. You worry about money a lot less. And you begin to understand that money becomes a tool for God to do his purposes in the world around you. And now listen, please don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying that it is ungodly to have a nice house and to have a nice car and to go on nice vacations and to have a good retirement accounts. Those things are not inherently wrong. Those are good things. That is okay, but when we get into trouble is when we cross over to those things taking priority over what God tells us to do. When we start to seek more money, over what God tells us to do. When we start to seek acquiring things and vacations and retirement accounts over what God has called us to do and asked us to do, that's when we get into trouble. So how do we do it? How do we keep ourselves free from the love of money? How do we make sacrificing for others a part of our routine? And I believe it's this. The first thing we do is Malachi chapter 3 clearly tells us that we return 10% of our income to the local storehouse, which is the church. And so we return that money to God because he he asks us to, and so we do that to be obedient. But then you need to actively look for ways to give. Actively. Now look, there are some great organizations in our area who continually serve those who are in need. And those organizations are always underfunded. So like Katie Christian Ministries, Family Hope, Fort Bend Women's Center, Christ Clinic, Clothed by Faith. I mean, the list goes on. There are a ton of organizations in our area who take care of people and who give to people in assistance. You can start supporting those organizations. But one thing that I would encourage you to do is to start carrying a little extra cash on yourself that you can use to give to someone when the Lord directs you. Let me give you for instance. Um, So a while back, I was having dinner one night and in conversation with the waitress, we found out that she was a single mom and she was working at this restaurant um, as a second job in order to help make bills. And so I remember clearly the Lord speaking to me and saying, you need to leave her a $50 tip. And I was like, and generally, when you suck the spit through the teeth, that you can generally bet that's the Lord prodding you. So I was like, okay. And so we we left this lady a nice little note and just said, hey, I wanted to let you know, God told me that I need to leave you this money because he wants you to know that he loves you and he's looking out for you. And then we left. Now, I'd love to tell you that she saw that money, saw the note, committed her life to Christ right there, and is now speaking on the If Women's Tour. (laughs) 
And honestly, she might be. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen her again. All I know is the Lord said, give this. And so I did. But I'll tell you, if I didn't have that money on me, it, it wouldn't have happened. Had I not been listening to the Lord, it would not have happened. So I want to encourage you, do that. Carry some money with you that you can give as the Lord directs. My small group last semester read a book called The Blessed Life, written by Robert Morris, who's the pastor of Gateway Church up in Dallas. And he shares a lot of stories of how God has led him to give very painfully, like multiple zeros to the left of the decimal point painfully. But you know what? Every time God proved faithful with that money that he was supposed to give, and God proved faithful in his life to take care of his family. Because when you restructure your mind and you start thinking, how can I give? It changes. It changes everything. So I want to encourage you as we talk about sacrifice and as we conclude today, we look at these photos and we think about these things, it's going to cost you. Praying diligently, it's going to cost you time. Things that you could be doing and accomplishing, you're going to have to put on hold so that you can set aside time to pray for others. Serving consistently, serving is going to cost you time and energy. It's going to cost you taking stuff that you want done and putting it away and expending of yourself so that others get the benefit. And finally, giving painfully is painful. It is. It means that you're going to have to say no to yourself to some things that you want so that someone else can have what they need. And look, don't get me wrong. These habits are hard. They're not easy. They don't come naturally to us. But I promise you, when you start to put them in your life, when you take these steps, it starts to become more natural. And it starts to become something that you think about and that you look for and that you long for. Because God created people to love them. He sent Jesus because he loves people and Jesus sacrificed himself because he loves people and that's what we are called to do. We are called to sacrifice for others. And when you do that, you're gonna find that your life changes. You're gonna see God do great and amazing things but you will watch your life shift so that every day people matter and every day God uses you to make a difference in someone else's life. And that, my friends, is a life worth living. Will you bow your heads as we pray? Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you that you designed us to live together and to take care of each other. Uh, Father, I lift up everyone in this room, everyone who's listening uh, online or on a podcast, God, everyone. Um, who has heard these words today, God, I pray that in their hearts right now, Lord, you would instill a desire in them to serve others and to share the blessings that you have given them. Lord, I, I pray for, for our community, uh, God, that our community would know you and know who you are and know how much you love them because people in this room began to serve you and serve others and give to others and give, God, so that you can do marvelous things around us. So, Lord, speak to us. Guide us. We pray this in Jesus' name.
Thank you so much for joining our weekly podcast from the Sunday Morning Experience. If you have questions, please reach out at connections at parkwayfellowship.com. Have a great week.